0: You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, episode 42. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, president of Advisor Solutions. Have you ever wondered how successful advisors keep reaching new levels of success? Some might say it's luck. while Others might say that it's, well, it's skill. I believe that it comes down to one simple but powerful process— which is all about knowing how to build healthy business habits. Habits that provide consistent action towards achieving their goals. (laughs) And when was the last time you took a serious look at your habits and realized that they really are the cause of your results or lack of your results? Maybe you never did. Does this sound like you? Well, if so, know this. You are not alone. Most financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and even agency managers don't have a well-thought-out, stepwise approach for creating better habits. And they don't even know it. And the reason they don't know it is because they've never really understood the power that habits play in their lives on a day-to-day basis. Instead, they're conditioned. They're conditioned to continue applying the same bad habits which keep them on a production plateau. So what do you do? Well, you really have two choices. You can keep doing what you're doing, and you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Or you could learn what I call building healthy business habits. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how to build habits you need to have in order to succeed. So if you're ready to to learn how to take control of your own success by applying strategies to create healthy business habits, then stick around. So why this topic? Why would you want to learn how to build healthy business habits? Because luck is not in your control. But building the right types of habits to get you to the next level is in your control. That is, if you know how to do it. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast today. Because I want you to understand that your success or lack of success is merely a byproduct of The repeatable actions that you do on a day to day basis, those little things that are called habits. So, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about three things. First, the reality of creating real change so that you understand everything that you need to know about how to control your own habits. Second, the four stages of habit formation so you understand and literally, consciously create the good habits. you want to do and eliminate the bad habits that you don't want and third the four laws to behavior change so that you can get leverage on your habit forming process and get better results now before we jump into those three things i've got to ask you a few questions what would your business be like if you knew exactly what to do to create healthy business habits Would you feel energized? Would you feel empowered? Would you like your business more? And would you apply what you learned? If the answer is yes, then let's begin. The reality of creating real change. So what does it take to really create real change? It's a tough question. Brian Tracy a popular motivational speaker and author of over 80 self help books said it best when he said, Successful people are simply those with successful habits. You see, over the course of coaching hundreds of financial advisors and insurance agents since 2004, I have found this to be very true. The main difference between those who want to succeed. And those who actually do succeed comes down to consistently applying the following steps that I'm about to show you to create lasting change. So let's take a look at five steps, a five-step process for building healthy business habits. Step one, realization. I know this might sound a little strange to hear, but you can't really form a, a healthy habit unless you realize some of the unhealthy habits that you have. You see, you have to understand the challenge before you can apply the solution. So let me give you an example, an example of a financial advisor, Stephen, and that's not his real name, but Stephen is a 15-year veteran financial advisor client of mine who who was in a constant state of anxiety when it came to his business. He was full of anxiety about managing his client base while also trying to prospect and After our first coaching session, in that first hour, he admitted to me that he had no structure to the day and no way at all to handle all of the interruptions. So as a result, he's putting out fires all day long. Maybe you can relate to that. But he was also not prospecting because he was putting out fires. So then we went to step two. Step two, information. You see, once you realize your challenge, it's only natural to want to find the solution. So you need information. And I knew the information that he needed. Since Stephen understood that in order for him to actually master time management, he needed to incorporate some kind of structure to his day. So I showed him a tool that would do that. It's called the bottom line list. Talked about that before. It's about taking five hourly blocks, actually 45 minute blocks, five of those, and blocking out your day and sticking to those 45-minute blocks and doing what you need to do each day. But he also needed another tool, the time matrix to do, which is a tool to prioritize his interruptions and his tasks. But now he got the information, and so we went to step three. Step three, implementation. This step, this next step, is is the process in which you have, apply what you learned, or it's the implementation of the solution. You see, otherwise you simply know what you need to do, but you don't put it into practice. And this is where I hear a lot of people say, I know what I need to do, I just need to do it. (laughs) That's why turning these tools into a game, attaching a reward and a punishment system to these tools, and having my clients be accountable on a consistent basis for 30 days is so important, because they need to apply what they learned. They need to implement it. So Stephen, Stephen started the process. And soon he realized that when he applied the tools, it actually worked. Unfortunately, short-term success is not a guarantee of long-term success unless you actually apply the next step. And that's what we did. We went to step four. Step four, dedication. This step is the most important step in the process because most people, many people anyway, don't have the dedication it takes to continue doing the activity that they need to do in order to turn it into a habit. And after a month, Stephen had tremendous success, which is a good thing. And so he decided that he didn't need to send accountability emails anymore, which is a bad thing. (laughs) And after six months, he had the same challenge again because he stopped doing what he needed to do. He stopped dedicating his time to implementing the tool. And so, we went back to applying them, those tools again, and he started sending accountability emails every day for the next three months. And that took us to step five. Step five, transformation. See, the final step in this process is simply the byproduct of the previous four steps. Real transformation doesn't happen overnight, and it's rarely an eventful moment. Instead, transformation is the result of consistently applying the activities needed in order to get the desired results. In other words, little by little, day by day, he kept doing those tools, and he kept applying those tools. And there's other tools here that he did with prospecting, but the bottom line is, after three months of getting back into sending me accountability emails, Stephen admitted that he didn't have any anxiety at all regarding managing his clients and prospecting because he was prospecting and it was working. The reason why building healthy professional habits works well is because each step builds on the previous step. Most people do the first two steps. They start with realization and get into information and then they realize there's a challenge. And they find the solution at that point. They've gotten the realization and the information. But some people take the next step, which is good, to the implementation of the solution. But then they quit. They quit before they achieve success. And that's like losing 20 pounds and then being excited that you did that and then going back to eating unhealthy and gaining all the weight back. And you're right back where you were before those who become dedicated to applying the activities needed each day will experience success and get this they'll experience true transformation by building healthy business habits but to do that you need to understand what habits are what they truly are and the four stages of habit formation and that is what we're going to talk about next The Four Stages of Habit Formation Now, before we jump into the four stages of habit formation, I think we should talk a little bit about understanding habits and how they can play a huge role in your success. And what I'm about to explain is actually inspired by the ideas that I found in this book by James Clear. And you might have heard of this book. It's called Atomic Habits, An Easy and Clear Way to build good habits and to break bad ones. This is by far one of the best books that I've ever seen. And I highly recommend that you pick up the book or the audiobook. This is a game changer. So let's jump into what the author says about creating great habits and eliminating bad ones. Luck versus habits. So a lot of people believe that luck plays a big role in creating success. The ironic thing is is that luck, so to speak, is really out of your control. You're just lucky or you're not. You can't control how lucky you are or unlucky you are. However, you can control creating habits and sustaining habits. And that repeating the same right actions over and over and over again for a long period of time, good or bad, actually creates the habit, good or bad. And if you create enough good habits or enough good activities, you'll create these habits, these good habits, and it's a game changer. The real challenge here is to fully understand what habits you've actually created, be it good or bad habits. And those habits are really the things that are controlling your success. So i got to ask you, (laughs) how big a part do you believe that luck is in your success that you've had so far? Or get this. Are you really looking at your business and saying, "Well, I just I'm not lucky." If so, you're kidding yourself. You just need better habits. Talent versus training and habits. So some people might argue that talent is the secret to success. I believe that the world is full of talented people who are who are very, very unmotivated to succeed. In other words, Talent is important, but it doesn't guarantee success because it doesn't guarantee that you'll actually apply your talent. And as a result, talent that goes without applying the talent is actually kind of a waste in that talent, I think, anyway. Training is more important because the right training helps you. In fact, it helps you much more because it helps you become better at almost anything you put your mind to. And if you think about it, think about the training that you've gotten in anything that you've now, have success in. When you combined training with natural talent, it's actually a game changer. <laughs> Again, as long as you take action. But a more powerful combination is when someone has the right training and action for a consistent period of time to develop good habits. In fact, this is more powerful than talent and training alone because. Talent and training alone with no application means you didn't do anything. So I need to ask you, what type of training have you gotten and you just didn't apply and so you didn't create a habit? And I'm sure there's something out there. And as a result, you're not getting to where you want to be. Why results are a great measure for habit. One of the best ways to determine if you have good habits is to look at the results that you're getting from an action or actions that you're taking or not taking. Take, for instance, your bank account, (laughs) which is really a measure of your financial habits, or your weight, which is really a measure of how well you eat and how well you exercise. And how about your business? Your business is really a measurement of how well you prospect and service your clients to grow it and make sure that they don't leave. Typically, you can look at any area of your life be it personal or business, and ask yourself two important questions. First, how well am I doing in that area? Which is simply another way to ask yourself the current results. And second, what are my consistent habits that are getting me to that result? Which is actually a way to define whether you have good habits or bad habits when it comes to that subject. The point is, when you define your current habits, it's simply easy because all you have to do is start from the end result. In other words, do you like where you're at with that specific subject? Do you like where you're at with your business? And if not, what are the habits that are getting you to the result that you don't want? So, measurement is a great thing to look at when it comes to understanding your own habits. Now, in that book, he also talks a little bit about how habits are like votes. I thought this was interesting. One of the best ways to understand the magnitude of habits is to view habits as like casting votes for a candidate. Instead of voting for a candidate, you are actually, in fact, voting for your future self, the identity of who you will become at some point in time. If you have enough votes, or in this case, a strong enough habit by taking each day and doing the thing that you need to do, you'll win, or in this case, accomplish the goal. In other words, every action that you take is a step towards the person you will become, or it's a step away from the person that you want to become. And if you master taking actions, you'll eventually turn those actions into habits and eventually produce the desired results that you want. But by taking the wrong action, let's say procrastinating or simply you never get around to doing whatever it is you needed to do, It's actually like taking a step in the wrong direction towards the the person you don't want to become. In other words, you started casting a vote for a candidate you don't like. So, here's a good question for you. What five votes or five actions did you take yesterday towards being the person that you want to be? Or, what five votes or five actions yesterday did you cast for the person you don't want to be? Think about that because you want to vote in the right direction. In other words, you want to take the right action to get the right results and become the person you want to be. Massive action versus tiny results. So, several motivational gurus have said over the years, I've seen this for years and years, they've said in order to get to where you want to be, you've got to take massive action. But I believe that taking massive action in anything actually could create, and it could lead to, unwanted results in the short term. And here's what I mean. Taking immediate massive action in anything could lead to not wanting to continue to do it. And you might quit early, too early to form a habit. Why? (laughs) Because you're burned out. However, I believe a better strategy is to take tiny improvements, or to make tiny improvements each day. If you look at the math and you get 1% better every day for a year, you'll be, in fact, get this, you'll be 37 times, not 37%, 37 times better than when you started. That's pretty huge. And to illustrate this point, that in the book, they, they talked about getting consistently worse <laughs> as well. And picture this. They talked about if you take a flight from New York to L.A., for instance, if the pilot makes an immediate course correction, three degrees, okay, or just 80 inches from takeoff, and they stay on that heading, the entire flight, all the way from New York to L.A., they'll actually be closer to Tijuana, Mexico, than L.A., California. Why? Because they've consistently gone in the wrong direction. You know, Granted, very slightly in the wrong direction, but they're going in the wrong direction for a long period of time, and that's not good. So, the question to you is, if you could improve upon one thing, one thing, getting better and better and better at it, each day, for even a month, where do you think you'd be in that subject? I think you'd make some tiny improvements, and you'd get some massive results. The truth about progress. While you may hope for rapid results quickly, (laughs) there are several things that you need to know about progress. First, small changes are not noticeable. You may feel sore after the first day of working out at the gym, but you aren't automatically in shape. (laughs) Second, most people quit the activity before seeing their real desired results. Third, goals are great. They're great for setting direction. But systems, this is the key, systems are the way to make progress. And fourth, the real secret to creating progress is to improve upon your systems. By making slight improvements to your systems, you will continuously get better results. So the question I have for you is, what system do you need the most improvement on? And how can you start to improve on it today? The four stages of habits. Your life and your business are the sum of a number of habits that are ingrained in you. These habits may have even been formed without you ever knowing it. However, There is a framework or stages of creating and sustaining habits, which in turn creates what's called a feedback loop, a loop that just goes right back to the beginning again and continues the habit. And since creating habits is in your control, one of the best ways to get a better result is to substitute bad habits for good habits. And the process of habits can be mapped out in these four stages. And here's what they are. Stage one, cues. Stage two, cravings. Stage three, responses. And stage four, rewards. So, picture this. Stage one, the cue. Stage one, the cue. The cue is anything that triggers your brain to do that behavior. The reason your brain is triggered is because it anticipates a future reward as a result of doing the activity. In other words, the cue triggers you to start going to the next stage. See, what happens is, is that our brains are constantly on the alert for cues. And here's an example. A simple example might be you're walking in the mall and you smell a freshly baked cookie. You just got a cue and you're about to go to the next stage. Stage two, the craving. <laughs> the craving is what motivates us to take action or to begin to take action. What you're craving isn't the habit of doing the activity, but the reward you think you'll get from doing the activity. So an example would be that you're not really craving the act of eating a cookie, but how the cookie will taste, and how you'll feel once you've eaten the cookie. So the interesting thing about cravings is that they are unique to each of us. In other words, if you hate cookies, This is the wrong example for you because you don't have a craving. You smelled the cookie. You don't care. But if you love cookies, now you're craving to go get one. And that takes you to the next stage. Stage three, the response. So the response is the habit, whether it's an action or just a thought. And your level of motivation plays a huge, a key part, actually, in how you respond. If you're not able to respond or there's too much friction or outside factors to responding, you're not going to do it. You just won't. So take the cookie scenario. If, you, if you're if you buying the cookie and it smells great and you have that craving and you're told the minute that you, you're getting that cookie, you're told that'll be $25, sir. And you're thinking, what? Why would I pay $25 for one cookie? You won't buy the cookie. In other words, if the response has friction, you just don't want to pay that much for a cookie, you're not going to do it. But if it doesn't have a lot of outside factors or friction, you will do it. You'll go to the next stage. Stage four, the reward. See, the reward is the end goal of doing the habit, it's the prize that you get for anticipating receiving whatever it is that you did the action to go get. In other words, the cue was smelling the cookie, the craving was wanting the cookie, the response was buying it and eating the cookie, and the reward is how you feel once you've eaten the cookie. If you felt great after eating the cookie, the next time you pass by that same bakery or you're in the Mall of America or someplace else and you smell freshly baked cookies, you're going to continue that feedback loop and Mm. reinforce the habit just smelling cookies leads you to eating cookies and that's the process that's what happens when the four stages of habits kick in and each time you walk by and you smell cookies and you buy them you've now just created a habit that when you go to the mall and you smell those you buy cookies The Four Laws of Behavior Change. So I said we're going to cover three things in this podcast. First, the reality of creating real change, so that you understand everything you need to know about how to control your habits. Second, the four stages of habit formation, so that you understand how you can create good habits and eliminate bad ones. And third, the four laws to behavior change so that you can get leverage on your habit-forming process and get better results. As you might have guessed by now, you perform a number of feedback loops every day, and you rarely notice them. I just gave a couple of examples, but let me give you a couple more. Here's an example. You wake up. There's the cue. You want to feel wide awake. There's the craving. You grab a cup of coffee. There's the response. And you feel more awake. There's the reward. Here's another one. You get in your car. You get in your car to go to work. There's the cue. You want to feel happy. There's the craving. You turn on the car radio. There's the response. And you feel happy listening to your favorite music. There's the reward. The list goes on and on. And now that you know that you're a creature of habit, and we all are, it's time to understand how you can create good habits and eliminate bad ones. And in the book, Atomic Habits... The author, James Cleary, he talks about this thing that he refers to as the four laws of behavioral change. And he writes, let me quote him in the book, he says, I refer to the framework as the four laws of behavioral change, and it provides a simple set of rules for creating good habits and breaking bad ones. You can think of each law as a lever that influences human behavior. When the lever is in the right position, it creates a good habit, and the habit is effortless. And when the lever's in the wrong position, it's nearly impossible. And let's take a look at actually two tools that he illustrates in the books that are designed around creating good habits and eliminating bad ones when it comes to these laws of behavior change. So how do you create a good habit? Well, the first law is to make it obvious, and that's during the Q stage. And the second law is to make it attractive. That's during the craving stage. The third law is to make it easy. That's during the response stage. And the fourth law is to make it satisfying. That's the reward stage. We can decrease or even break bad habits by doing the following. He talks about the inverse of these laws. The inverse of the cue stage would be to make it invisible, like you don't even have a cue. The inverse of the craving stage would be, make it unattractive. The inverse of the response stage would be, make it difficult. And the inverse of the reward stage would be, make it unsatisfying. Like, you don't even want this to happen. And you won't do the bad habit. And it reminds me of a client that I had years ago. This client was struggling when we started. He was not prospecting. He wouldn't pick up the phone at all. But I taught him what to say, how to say it, how to handle objections, and he knew who he was going to call. He knew his target market, and he started prospecting every day. Then his mother-in-law got sick, and his wife was very concerned. The whole family was. The family was concerned, and so was he. And he said it affected everyone, and it affected him. And I asked him, well, how did it affect you most at work? Did you stop prospecting? And he said, no, not at all. And I said, why? He said, well, prospecting is a habit. (laughs) So now that you understand the reality of creating real change, the four stages of habit formation, and the four laws of behavioral change, all you have to do now is to apply the things that you've, you've heard. And you can create any good habit and eliminate any bad habit that you want. And that is how you build healthy business habits. Now, before we go, I want to tell you one last story. It's a story about you. And here's what I mean. You see, after listening to this podcast, your story, the story of your success, can have only one of the following endings. First, you could choose to ignore what you heard and continue to do your business the way you've been doing it and keep getting what you've been getting. Or second, and this is the better choice, You could map out a list of things that you don't like of where you are in your business. You could take a look at those and wonder what habits are you doing to get the results you're getting. You could give me a call and get a free session. You could talk about those challenges and what bad habits you've created. And you could learn the tools, techniques, strategies, and solutions to get you to where you want to be. You could apply what you learned. You could be accountable for your actions on a continuous basis and create new habits. And you could get to the next level, regardless of where you are now. You see, the choice is yours. But I do know this, that if you want to get to the next level, you can. In fact, (laughs) I did two podcasts on this subject. Episode 29 and episode 30 on Advisor Success Stories Part 1 in part two they were real people just like you and they had real challenges just like you but who reached out to me and got real solutions and you can too and if we work together it won't take you long before you too can build healthy business habits <music> well thank you for listening to this advisor solutions podcast if you liked what you heard please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week also check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com and finally if you like what you heard and you want to know more about the advisor solutions group coaching program or the advisor solutions individual coaching programs please email me at dan at I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's Dan at com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business, one solution at a time.